0: On today's episode of Wellspring, we talk about flow.
1: Yeah, I thought it was a great conversation full of a lot of references to Aditi's apparently favorite movie ever, Soul.
0: Yes, yes. Um, no spoilers, though, I promise. Yeah,
1: no spoilers. As well as Aditi's illustrious lacrosse career.
0: Oi, I think... Yeah, even, that... Okay, yeah. Yeah, well, even though I think the listeners are aware at this point that's a complete joke. Yes. Um, But we also talk about why Matthew is a garbage bag
1: hey grocery
0: oh a grocery yeah bag. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay come on <laughs> grocery bag very different very different um, i see but very exciting episode for yes
0: sure. i had a lot of fun i think we did a good one i think yeah. this is a good episode
1: yeah i'm excited for you guys to listen
0: yeah absolutely so should we should we jump in yeah let's jump
1: in you ready i'm ready you ready i'm ready let's go
0: Welcome back to Wellspring.
1: Yeah, we're really excited about our second episode today.
0: We're excited to be doing a second episode today. Yes, we are. Um, Well, the episode idea for today comes from Matt.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's just, uh, you know, I've been thinking a little bit about, you know, obviously wellness. That's
0: what our podcast is
1: about. You're on the right track. Yeah, yeah. So (laughs) one, uh, you know, things that I like to do, activities, you know, for me, it's playing sports or playing board games or... You know,
0: which we've been doing a lot of. Yeah. Lately. Yeah.
1: And and puzzles and hang out with friends when I can. You know, these activities, I've, I've been thinking a lot about how those contribute to my wellness, you know, how that kind of ties into this bigger concept of wellness. Right. And it seems to circle around this idea of flow that I kind of wanted to discuss today. Ooh. Yeah. I thought it would be really cool to have this discussion about flow um, as a concept of positive psychology. Uh, and how we can, you know, implement it in our daily lives, um, uh, to, you know, connect more or improve our wellness.
0: Yes. Okay, great. Yes. Um, and, um, I'm familiar with flow. It's, um, I guess it presents itself differently for me than for you, but we'll talk about that later. Sure. Um, so I guess the first thing we should do is define what it is, right? What yeah, is I flow? Yeah, I think that's probably. For those not in the know.
1: Mm, flow for those not in the know. Yes. Indeed. Sounds good to me. You wanna define it? Yeah, okay. <laughs>
0: so flow is a concept in positive psychology, right? And mm-hmm. you correct me because um, you're the master of, of the of the topic today. But there is a researcher named I feel like I'm gonna mess this up, Mihai Cheek Sent
1: Yes. Croatian yes. positive psychologist.
0: Okay, Croatian positive psychologist, Mihai Cheek Sent um, who kind of codified this into the wider field of study in positive psychology. And it's sure. um, defined, this is via Psych Today, defined as a cognitive state where one is completely immersed in an activity, from painting and writing to prayer and surfboarding. It involves intense focus, creative engagement, and the loss of awareness of the self. Um, and I think mm. this is from one of his works in the 90s. He was pretty um, well-known like throughout the latter half of the 20th mm-hmm. century, right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, I mean, I think one of the most interesting things about this idea of flow and it was kind of alluded to in that definition you just shared is you can really tap into this concept of flow doing anything. I mean, it's kind yeah. of talked about, you know, putting prayer and surfboarding in the same sentence. Right. Obviously, very different activities. Right. But being able to tap into this deeper connection to, you know, whatever you're doing, um, I think is really cool.
0: Yeah, I mean it's a good tie-in definition, and I think it also accounts for a lot of the differences between like personalities and types mm-hmm. of people. Yeah. This actually kind of reminds me of if anyone's watched the movie Soul, Pixar's new movie. I have
1: not had a chance to watch it yet, so please do not spoil. I anything won't. I won't. Too I, substantial for me.
0: I know. I know. I'm a. I, I'm notorious for like accidentally spoiling stuff for Matt, so I won't spoil <laughs> it for anyone. But um, it came out in Chris on Christmas on Disney Plus. Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's this movie about a jazz musician aspiring jazz musician jazz music teacher who gets this like experience in the spiritual metaphysical plane and learns gotcha. a little bit about um well i'm not gonna i won't go too deep into it but you know learns a lot about you know what the my, the higher purpose behind life oh wow. which is like a big, that, <laughs> big that's, thing to that's tackle. a lot yeah, but they did it really well. I thought it was a great movie. Um, but the thing that was, you know, reminiscent of Flo is, like, there's this concept in the movie called the zone. Mm. So they kind of, like, conceptualize like, the metaphysical, spiritual plane. And the thing that they focus on is, like, what happens when you're in the zone. So this guy is, like, a jazz music teacher, a jazz musician. Gotcha. He's great at the piano. So like, okay. when he plays the piano, um, he gets into this heightened state that's, like, not on the mortal plane. It's, like, mm. somewhere in between here and, like... The beyond.
1: Mm. So, so this is probably isn't a state that I could get to with my "Twinkle Twinkle Little Star" on the piano. Is well, that what no, you're
0: telling me? No. Uh, no. Um, no. That's a
1: shame. All right. But if anyways. you play
0: it within a feeling, maybe I don't know. But like, he's he. It's like there's like a formula, right? There's like a formula for things you can div- you can discover that can get you into flow and like how yeah you get into it, right? Yeah. Um, but basically that just reminded me of that and yeah. it's like very intrinsic to understanding the meaning of life and like how to live a more balanced life.
1: Sure. Yeah. So it sure. is a
0: wellness concept. Yes. So
1: Yeah. And and I think, you know, going back to our our guy, Mihai Cheek sent Mihai, who we'll be alluding to a lot on this episode because yes. he's done a lot of research in the field. He's
0: our guy basically
1: just to continue to give you a better idea of what this concept is. Right. So we've got, he puts out eight characteristics, uh, of this idea of flow that we're going to, we're going to walk through and yeah. Yeah. So the first one, which was pretty, I mean, part of a good part of the definition is complete concentration on a task. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty self-explanatory, right? (laughs) So just, you know, being able to be focused on whatever you're doing, uh, in order to reach this state of flow. Uh, the second one is clarity of goals and reward in mind and immediate feedback.
0: Okay. So that's a two part thing, right? Like you're thinking about what, okay, actually this was confusing for me, um, because not confusing, but it's like, what kind of goals are there any specific kind of goals to be looking for? Sometimes your reward and stuff like that and the goals you're looking for are not physical or they're not quantifiable in a task that you're doing. I don't know if that makes any difference as far as being able to get into flow. Yeah, no, do You don't, know that?
1: Yeah, I mean that's a little that's an interesting point. I don't think it needs to be anything tangible or anything physical. I think okay. it's just this idea of and and it's kind of alluded to by immediate feedback. It's like oh, okay. you know, feedback is subjective, right? It, it can right. be whatever you want it to be. Right. It can be, you know, if you're crocheting a teddy bear which you did for me a little while ago yeah I did which looks really cool and you're you know doing some crochet and you you know put the arm together and you're like oh this like looks really cool like that's some immediate feedback that you know maybe someone else would be like, eh, I'm not doing a great job. And that's not the feedback that yeah. they
0: need. Okay. And that makes sense. Yeah. So sometimes when you're doing a when you're taking part in a task, the goal can either be piece by piece. Like maybe you have individual goals along the way sure. or you're just working continuously towards one end goal. Yeah. And maybe you're seeing feedback that tells you incrementally you're working towards that or yeah. that you've achieved your mini goals. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. And then the third one is transformation of time, which I think is a very familiar one. When I hear about flow, I feel like that's what a lot of people associate it with, right? Like you yeah. lose your sense of time.
1: Yeah. And I think that we talk about this even outside the concept of flow. You know, like when you have a really fun day hanging out with friends, it yeah. feels like it goes by so fast. Yeah.
0: Right? We just went to we just went to the city to hang out with some of our friends and it just went like Yeah, we were only it.
1: planning on staying for until like what? We were planning on leaving at like twelve thirty and next thing you know it's two and we're like, Oh well, yeah. yeah,
0: but I mean, I guess this is different because <laughs> sometimes I mean, I guess hanging out with friends can be a flow thing, but I'm not sure if it's more task related. Like,
1: yeah, I don't know. I think talking it's a to pr- people. I think it's a pretty open definition, right? Okay, I mean, yeah, yeah, If your goal is to get to know people better, right? You know, you're con- concentrated on you know yeah. interacting with friends. I don't know. I mean, yeah, I think it's definitely more focused on like self activities. Indeed. Um, but anyways, uh, yeah, no, this <laughs> this idea of time, you know passing, speeding up, slowing down, I think is, is really interesting. I, I personally think, and there's a whole conversation we could have on this, but our perception of time, just thinking about that is just fascinating.
0: Yeah, I um, agree. Especially when like the circumstances around you change and the smallest things can trigger a difference in your experience of something as far as how fast or slow time goes. Mm-hmm. I think you were also saying something to me like about I don't know if this was like yesterday or something, but you were saying something to me about like retrospective versus in the moment time pass. Yeah.
1: No, it's really interesting. I, I I think, um, actually I watched a video on this on, uh, on YouTube. I don't know if any of you watch Vsauce, but I think he's really cool. Oh, Does he's some, so cool. Yeah. 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 I love him. So he, he, he actually came back after a couple of years of not being on That's YouTube. That's what I
0: thought. I thought he yeah, left. Yeah. Okay. But, he's back.
1: but he had a, he had an episode recently about time and was talking a lot about how, um, the same event can be perceived differently in the moment and retrospectively. Specifically, if you're, you know, like I said, if you spend a whole day with friends and you, yeah. know, you really enjoy yourself and the time just flies by, but you look back and you remember the time moving very slowly.
0: Uh-huh. Um,
1: or vice versa. If you spend time in the moment doing something really boring, like sitting in an airport during a layover, yeah. that time goes so slow. Yeah. But then when you look back, it's like, Oh, like you ba- You don't even remember that layover. It's just like you got on the flight, you got on the next flight and, and that's that. Huh? So I don't know. I think that's kind of what I was saying. Like this perception of time is, is fascinating to me.
0: Yeah, no, that's but, really cool. I wonder but, if like the flow state being in the flow state changes your perception retrospectively. Yeah. I don't know. Ooh. Okay. Um, that's a Googleable question. Let <laughs> us know if you find the answer to that one. Yeah. Um, but number four, four? Are you on number four? Yeah, we
1: are on number four.
0: Says the experience is intrinsically rewarding.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that makes sense. I think okay, that's yeah. important just that, you know, you're doing an activity that you're, you're gaining something from. It sounds like if goals you're...
0: and reward and, and intrinsically rewarding kind of go yeah. hand in hand. You're yeah. Your and, goals.
1: and I think honestly th- that seems fairly obvious, but a lot of what we do today, you know, with our leisure time, I'm mostly thinking about watching TV or watching Netflix or stuff like that. I yeah. mean, it, it's really, and there's a lot of research done on this, people, you're not really able to reach this state of flow when you're watching TV, and I think that's part of the reason why. It's not like a, an intrinsically rewarding activity.
0: Yeah, I mean, it is a mystery sometimes why I feel like time passes so fast, but I don't, quali- I don't classify that stuff as flow, it's just kind of like a time pass. Yeah, because
1: you're not like deeply engaged, Yeah. 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 yeah.
0: I mean, unless it's like the bachelor or something, in which case I am deeply engaged Uh,
1: again, another Another conversation for another day, I guess. But, Um,
0: (laughs) but okay. I mean, that makes sense. Sounds like we should be looking for stuff that we can make goals for that. You know, it's like a productive and upward trending, like effort level and like that kind of thing. Sure. Oh no, wait, shit. The next one says effortless and ease.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, (laughs) Uh, no, I think it's, I think this idea of effortless and ease is just not being uh, overwhelmed by an activity. Oh, okay. Um, You know, just your ability to get into it pretty easily and, you know, at least feel like you have some, you have a sense of confidence. Yeah. A sense of confidence over like in terms of the activity that you're doing.
0: Yeah. And I think this leads itself, it lends itself to the next one, which is a balance between challenge and skills. Mm -hmm. So this is the best one that I can think, of when putting all of these steps together and trying to come up with stuff that i can you know get flow out of yeah um and i think matt you have like a chart yes i actually just
1: looked it up on my phone uh yeah so if uh, i'm gonna try to explain this visual chart uh i would highly recommend looking up psychology flow chart so you can look at it instead of just trying to figure out what I'm talking about. Make sure you add psychology
0: though, because flow chart pulls up, um, not necessarily the flow chart. chart. Just yeah. A flow chart. But yeah. anyways,
1: so yeah, no, it's this, it, I, I, I kind of find it fascinating, this balance between challenge and skills in different activities and how that contributes to flow. Right. So like we said, you want to have a balance there, like a, an equality between the challenge of the activity you're doing and your skill or ability when doing the activity. So basically this chart is, taking you back to your, your math days, uh, coordinate planes. So think about on the, I'm I'm a mathy guy, so I apologize, but, um, on the X axis, think about skill level and the Y axis is challenge level. So essentially you want to be on that diagonal,
0: the one-to-one line.
1: Yes. The, yeah. The equivalent ratio of, of skill level and challenge level in order to be in that area of flow, especially doing activities, um, you not only want that balance between challenge and skills, but you want it to be above average in the challenge of the activity. Yeah. And your skills in the activity. Well, it looks like on
0: your chart you have flow. There's like a bunch of different states you could possibly be in, right? Low level of challenge, low level of skill, high level, medium level. Those things all kind of produce different effects, right? Yeah. And then on the top you have, well, it looks like on the top it says when your skill level is high and the challenge level is also high. Yeah. Meaning it's not too hard of a task for you.
1: But it is a hard task. But it is
0: a hard task. Yeah you're engaged in it mm-hmm. and it produces flow.
1: Yeah. Right. As opposed to other uh, combinations of those two things, such as uh, skill level low. So if you're not very good at something, but the challenge is high, such as me playing the piano, potentially like I referenced before, <laughs> um, that can lead to worry or even anxiety. Um, as you would imagine, right? If you're trying to, if you're committed to doing this activity, that's really challenging and you suck at it. Yeah. That can, that can, results in some anxiety. Yeah. Uh, the other end of the spectrum is if your skill level in something is high, but the challenge level isn't very high. The challenge level is pretty low. That can result in, um, boredom, potentially relaxation, uh, basically depending on, I guess your enjoyment of the activity. Oh, okay. Okay. But, um, so TV is like that
0: vibe for me. I'm definitely very relaxed and good at, I'm very skilled at TV.
1: Yeah. Well, I, (laughs) I would say that TV, at least for me, falls in the low challenge, low skill level uh, area. Man, which you're is,
0: apathetic. Which is
1: just apathy. Aww. I mean, well, it depends on what I'm watching. Yeah, of, yeah, okay. We've been watching watch. Ted
0: Lasso, and I feel like that one, I really enjoy it. I'm um, very good at Ted Lasso watching it. Because <laughs> very, we've been, very good We binged it. nine episodes yesterday. Oh, my goodness, um, yes. And good. it appears the challenge level of binging is very low because it's a good show. So go watch Ted Lasso, but you will be relaxed, I'm sure. <laughs> yes, As we were. Yes, yes.
1: Um, but yeah, so I, I just think that's really interesting. Just being able to find activities where, you know, you have that balance of challenge and skills. Um, yeah, and yeah, I guess that takes us to our next characteristic, uh, actions and awareness are merged, losing self-conscious rumination. Now I was a bit confused about this one. So,
0: but I got this one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I got this. All right.
1: what, What do we, what do we have here?
0: Well, okay. So, I mean, I think I'm speaking out of the lens of I suffer with anxiety and one of the things that i learn about myself while i'm i'm trying to understand what i deal with with my anxiety is that in your mind, there's a lot of, you know, they talk about self-talk all the time. I'm sure you've mm-hmm. heard this too, yeah, but yeah. it's like, you know, y- there is always some kind of a record going on in your brain. And especially for me, when I get ang- like anxious, I ruminate on things yeah. a
1: lot. Yeah, self-talk is usually not 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 great.
0: Not amazing, yeah. But my, my negative self-talk is like a consistent rumination. So it's very hard for me to let go of things mm-hmm. um, that have happened. Like if I have a bad experience, it can continue to ruin the rest of my day because yeah. of the rumination, the self-talk. But then... Again, I guess in this context, you know, they're talking about action versus awareness. I feel like when I perform certain actions, I am not just, I'm I'm performing that action, but then I'm also creating my own experience of it in my brain. And that experience may not align with the action itself. Like maybe I'm just Mm. in a different world thinking about what am I doing? What is the meaning of what I'm doing? What are the repercussions of what I'm doing? Yeah. So I'm really not in the moment with like the action I'm performing.
1: Yeah. That sounds like mindfulness. Just this idea of being in the moment and actually, you know, your awareness of the moment being tied to the actions you're doing.
0: Exactly. Yes. And so that is literally exactly what I think this is talking about because when they, when you do breath work and stuff like that, Right you're really just focusing on the action at hand. Yeah. You're not trying to create an, an internal experience of what you're doing mm-hmm. that is a separate thing by itself from the action. Sure. Um, like you're not dissociating yourself from like what you're doing in the moment. Makes sense. Which is something I do quite often. Yeah, um, I think but, we all do that often. They kind of yeah. go
1: on autopilot, right? Like we're yeah, doing an activity and right. it's like, Usually with work, probably. Right. right? But my autopilot
0: is like a very, very stressed out and angry cap, like a pilot just like yelling (laughs) at me consistently for like multiple hours. Like, "Ah!" you know, So, (laughs) so, um, anyways, not
1: a pleasant pilot.
0: No, but flow is not supposed to be that way. So if there is a pilot yelling at you consistently on repeat, you may not be in flow. Yeah, you may just be anxious. I'd be worried
1: about the condition of your flight. Um,
0: yeah, but I uh, hey, breath work works for that. Mindfulness yeah. is a great way to get into flow. I think
1: for sure I th- they're very much in tandem. I would yeah, say for yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, and the last characteristic is there's a feeling of control over the task at hand, and I feel like we talked about this a little bit. Yeah. Again, going back to the challenge and skills parallel, right? If your skills match the challenge you feel that you, you you have a grasp and a control over the task.
0: Right. Right. And you know, I think all of these things that we talked about, I think are relatively healthy, um, ways to approach a task. And I think that's part of what makes this a wellness concept. We're just trying to prove to ourselves that we came up with a wellness concept to talk about (laughs) today. Um, but there are actual health benefits tied to getting into flow or pursuing actions that get into flow. Um, so there's the study that was done by researchers at the University of Malaysia. Mm-hmm. Um, that found actual quantifiable health benefits to getting people to get into activities that cause flow. And there are things that you can do, like they do exercises to kind of motivate that experience with you. Gotcha. But it's like on that graph you were mentioning, like they do find, you can find ways to subjectively gauge each person's skill level, mm-hmm. challenge level on certain tasks, sure. um, and find ways to inspire a flow state in them. Gotcha. They can, you can even run like brainwave patterns and see how that responds to tasks that are of different challenge levels and such. Um, one thing th- that you can find is like the brainwave patterns will actually kind of like mellow out and it'll be somewhat like meditation. Interesting. So there is like a wellness component there as far as your brain activity. Um, but it seemed to, I mean, the, the task that they looked at, they found that it improved the people's subjective well-being, happiness, life satisfaction, and positive affect.
1: So that I'm sounds great. They,
0: yeah, it looks like they took a bunch of surveys from the people who were they were doing this stuff with, um, but they found increased performance, higher motivation, higher engagement, and more positive mood in organization context, mm-hmm. which is yeah. really great because we spend a lot of our time working.
1: Yeah, no, it's really um, interesting, and that kind of ties into Mihai Cheek sent Mihai. Ah, yes, returning once again. Our man
0: Mihai. Yes,
1: and he did a study finding that. People are or flow-producing situations occur more than three times as often uh, when we're working as opposed to when we're doing leisure, which I thought was really interesting um, because again, I I personally think of the opportunity like to leisure find activities this, you like yeah yeah, yeah exactly. Um, I I think his study, I may be wrong, but I think basically how his study was run is he got a bunch of people and would basically send them. Uh, uh, a notification at random times of the day uh, to basically say w- asking them, what are you doing and how into your activity are you?
0: Okay. Yeah. To like reduce the bias of like yeah. planning ahead. Yeah. yeah,
1: And, and found basically that for certain activities we're more likely to be in flow as opposed to other activities, which I thought was really interesting. And that was kind of, you know, watching TV, he found you're not really, Oh, there we go. Okay. That's where that comes this, from. Yeah. This place of flow. Ted
0: Lasso wasn't out then though, so. Yeah, I'm Ted sure. Lasso
1: is an exception.
0: Yeah, right, right. But um actually I don't know. I feel like with with that my question is more just like is there a selection bias because we how often do we pursue leisure things that are adequately challenging to produce flow?
1: Yeah. I, like I, how
0: often does that really happen for those of us that are working all day and then we come yeah. back like when we classify things as leisure activities, right?
1: Yeah. Well, I think I think part of it is just honestly, the rise in technology, because I think technology provides us with TV and and so much content at our fingertips that is low challenge. And that's sort of, I think that's what we seek, you know, after, you know, a long, difficult day of work, yeah. we don't really want to do something that challenges us because we're tired. Right. We want, like we're not seeking out these activities that could be so beneficial for us because, you know, we can find that, that great balance of challenge and skill that provide us with these moments of flow.
0: Especially nowadays with the rise of the side hustle, a lot of people don't classify those activities that they may have found to just be leisure activities. Now it's part of your work, you know, and those things. Anyways, but yes, it's really interesting. And I think, you know, if you, if you apply these things to your own life, right, why not just make our work days a lot better?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, I, I, again, I mentioned it at the start, you know, talking about, really being able to find this, uh, reach this state of flow in anything you do, I think it could be extremely beneficial, especially for activities such as working that may not be, you know, the most exciting ventures in your life.
0: Yeah. Right. 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 Um, but I mean, I think, I think there are things throughout the day at work that we can think of even that like could, you know, could qualify as this. I don't know about like things like, you know, inputting stuff in a, in an Excel sheet, but I'm thinking, you know, intellectual challenges that, um, every good workspace should have for folks. Um, so, you know, yeah,
1: no, for sure. Um, and I think, yeah, so I think this concept of flow in the workplace flow during leisure, I think it's definitely something that we should seek out in both environments.
0: Yeah. But I mean, the one that you can control a little bit more, I mean, you can't really control what kind of work you have going on, but you can kind of control, I guess, your leisure activities. Yeah. That's kind of where we got the idea too, isn't it? Yeah
1: yeah and actually, I kind of had an interesting thought uh because and I mentioned at the top of the episode i believe uh that I'm really interested in games whether it be that is an understatement you whether it be sports
0: obsessed with games yeah
1: i'm I'm obsessed with games yeah. whether it be sports you know in a I, good way I like playing basketball, volleyball, spike ball, I'll play football, baseball, soccer whatever b- every ball yeah any any ball any uh, ball he'll play under it. the sun yeah. Uh, Which has made COVID particularly tough. Well, it's made it tough for me because I haven't been able to play sports. But I love sports. I also really love board games. Uh, I'm a big fan of playing board games, Uh, which is another whole other strategy board. Yes, (laughs) yeah. And you know, I've been thinking a little bit about because I feel those are sort of my opportunities to reach the state of flow when I'm doing leisurely activities. When I'm playing a game of basketball, I get so wrapped up in the game. Yeah. Um, and I really feel like I reached the state of flow or when I'm playing a really yeah. intense strategy board game, like we've been playing Robinson Crusoe oh recently. Oh
0: my God. Look it up. If you have not, it's such a crazy game and it's very subjective i think which activities can produce flow in which people yes sure because he gets so into it and you can tell he's in flow when we're playing the game yeah. but i it's like NyQuil cool for me i just like fall asleep the minute they start like strategizing
1: yeah. and meanwhile it, yeah aditi's trying to have a conversation about what the the most recent thing she saw on tiktok but i'm like guys we need to survive this island. Like hey! I, I'm, I get so into it.
0: Why you out me like this? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't think it's any surprise that you're into TikTok. But oh, man. Um, But anyways, no, I, I think that it's it's really interesting, this concept of games for me. And I've thought more about why it contributes to uh, this idea of flow or my ability to reach the state of flow. And I really think it has to do with one of the eight characteristics that we talked about, oh. clarity of goals and reward in mind and immediate feedback. And, yeah. And I think in a way games are similar to life in that extent Ooh. which is is really deep. Fancy. Potentially. But I mean if you think about life uh or uh, let's let's start by thinking about games because thinking about life this way may be a little and Crazy. he's not
0: talking about life the game. He's talking no, about like life. I'm
1: talking about life life.
0: Yeah, life life. No,
1: but if you think about a game, right? There's a rule set, such as if you're playing basketball, you know, you can't dribble out of bounds. You can't foul your, yeah, your right. oppo- the opposing players. Right. Um, and there are, there's a clear goal in mind, right? Yeah, you're no, trying them, to score yeah. more points than the other team. So right. you're trying to score. You're trying to prevent them from scoring. And in life, there are rules and there are goals as well. Obviously, much more complex. Right. And changing over time. Right. Uh, But, you know, there are a lot of rules such as don't steal from your neighbor. Like. Yeah, don't do that. Yeah. Like crime. Like those are rules. Uh, And then there are also goals which obviously are more susceptible to changing over the course of your life. But you definitely have life goals. Um, Yeah, for sure. And I think this the fact that sports are so well aligned with life in this way, having these rules, having these goals. Right. Is what allows you to kind of forget about the rules and goals of life temporarily, like, of a course, game, like a game within get, a game and get wrapped in basically just swap out the rule set and the goal set for whatever activity, whatever game you're playing. So like when I'm in the middle of a basketball game, I'm not so focused on the rules of life. I'm not so focused on like
0: getting a job, moving forward. Yeah, in yeah, life. Yeah, yeah. I'm stuff. more
1: focused on, okay, I got to score a basket or I got to pass to my teammate here. Right. You know? And when I'm playing a board game, it's the same way. So I think that's kind of how games lend themselves so well to this concept of flow because games remind us a lot of life. And when we get into a game, it, it sort of, it, it does a really good job of, I guess, letting us replace the worries of life and whatever's going on in our lives because now we have a different rule set to think about. We have a different set of goals to think about. Um, so that was kind of my speech. Uh, Matt's um,
0: thesis on this topic will yeah, be thesis. published shortly. Yes.
1: Um, but yeah, no, so that's kind of my thought and why I really like games. But I know as Adithi mentioned, she is not so much like that and has other creative releases and opportunities to find herself in the zone or in that state of flow. Yeah.
0: In the zone that that's actually what they used in soul to discuss like the, the concept of flow, they called it the zone and then you get in the zone or not. But I mean, yeah, it's, it's like we, it's like the definition described at the beginning. There are just like many different ways to define this experience that, you know, you can experience it with so many different, media for mm. me i'm not really as much into the strategy board games and s- such yeah although Which is matt unfortunate is very matt is very into it so i think maybe relatively i might still be mm-hmm. into games but i am nowhere near nowhere near i always just fall asleep because yes. it's just so much thought
1: oh, we've had some good games of Catan.
0: Oh yeah, but I he likes it because he wins against me every single time. But it's <laughs> obviously—I mean—I think there's a strategy that I'm just not getting because I just like click wherever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but that's another—that's another episode. Just
1: oh yeah, sure. Every
0: game we play, we and we like keep why you keep up winning. new episode episodes. I know, I know. We have like a whole season set up. But um, for me, I get my experience of being in the zone from things like, for example, I trained in Indian classical music, mm. um, which actually, if you want to really think of it in this way. Music in itself is not just completely free-flowing, especially with um, music that has a school attached to it.
1: Yeah. When
0: you learn music, classical Western classical music, for me, Indian classical music, there is a scale. There are notes, there are mm-hmm. motifs, there are skills you need to learn, building blocks that help you produce pieces, right? You go from learning new songs to composing songs, yeah. then making that jump. So there's actually a lot of rules and, and things like that that mm. are involved in music. Um, that are so ingrained in me because I've been doing it for so many years that yeah. when I listen to music now, the subconsciously that kind of stuff, you know, is what yeah. I'm thinking about. And it it is the action of analyzing music or listening to a song, especially Indian music for me, that, you know, it kind of melds itself with my experience internally of an analyzing it or, ex- you know, because the emotions I feel and the effect I feel is tied to my understanding of the mechanics of the mm. song.
1: Which that's is, really interesting. That yeah. this is my
0: a, own thesis is coming out. yeah, very this is soon. a completely <laughs>
1: foreign world to me, but
0: yeah, no. but I mean, it, this is like just one of those things where I, I think it's a different. it's a different way of thinking about it, for sure. But I think some of the principles might actually be pretty similar because yeah. music for, for me is, I think what games might be to you. Um but that's one thing. Another thing I love to do is creative writing. Mm-hmm. I can't explain this one as much. I don't know what the mechanics of creative writing are. I mean, I'm sure there are building blocks and such. I used to teach. So teaching gives me a lot of awareness as far as like what are the building blocks of how to be a good creative writer, but again, creative writing. Mm -hmm. So it's very unstructured a lot of the time. But I I think, Um,
1: you know, it's interesting with that and correct me if I'm wrong. I am not the biggest fan of writing to come clean here, but I mean, especially creative writing where you're setting a scene, right? You're like creating this alternative universe. I feel like it could have the same effect that, you know, being in the universe of playing a basketball game. Or like writing and creating that separate universe that you can kind of get wrapped in, in that sense.
0: Yes. And I've heard this from a lot of authors that are people that are writing fantasy books and fantasy stuff, sci-fi people who get really caught up in the worlds they're creating. Yeah. I actually really like writing creative nonfiction and mm. so a lot of the stories are already kind of thought up for me. I'm not really thinking of the mechanics. I'm more thinking of like what words am I going to use? What is the sentence structure I'm going to play with, which sounds so geeky, but that really is it what I sound think a about. Geeky. It is a little geeky, but I do like that kind of stuff and it, it just ends up coming it, it ends it though that's one of those things where I very tangibly understand and feel time passing by really quickly because it'll take me a couple hours to finish something. I think it's only been 30 minutes and then my coffee's cold and I'm like, what happened?
1: Yeah. Um, Meanwhile, when I have to write something, I only have to write like a paragraph. It takes me like 15 minutes, but it feels like hours. (laughs) Um. I think
0: that's, I think that I think I'm on, I think I'm one of the people, I'm one of few people, fewer people that really enjoys the value of writing. I think it's because I was taught writing correctly. With a lot of yeah, passion. I had some
1: pretty crappy English teachers, I must say.
0: Yeah, but I mean, the, it's teachable. That's another one, too. That's another that's another episode. <laughs> but, yeah. um, I mean, those are just other things. I think it's not as apparent all the time because games, obviously, the thing you think of is, oh, they have rules. There's a mechanics to it. But, like, a lot of the things that we do, especially our pastimes, they actually do take certain skills and skills are based off of building blocks and you know those building blocks are in some ways learning the mechanics of a field or learning the mechanics of a task or something even crocheting like everything is like little building blocks yeah my hobbies kind of sound like i'm a grandma but it's okay (laughs) um knitting sewing crocheting (laughs) making quilts i don't make quilts but it's something i've thought of doing anyways um i think the basis though i think like the tie the thing that ties it all together is just like do you have something that you that is teachable? Yeah. Like, teachable. Is something teachable? Mm-hmm. You can teach life, too. Isn't that what parenthood is? I don't know.
1: I uh,
0: Oh, we wouldn't know. But, you know, you can teach. Some things that you can teach, especially when you become the teacher on yeah. the other side of things, I think those skills are really conducive to flow. If there's something that you think of, right, that you know that you can teach or you feel like you could teach.
1: And you would enjoy teaching.
0: And you would enjoy teaching. I think that's something that you could definitely look for flow from, you know? Yeah. Yeah.
1: No, that's really interesting.
0: Yeah. And actually it ties back to soul because the guy was a aspiring jazz musician, but his job was teaching jazz to kids. Mm. And yeah. So you never know. I think there is an mm. element in there about whether or not you can teach a subject. It tells mm. you a lot about your grasp of the skills. That's
1: you keep bringing up soul. I feel like by the end of this podcast episode, you're I will You're going it. to have spoil. I whole still thing haven't
0: spoiled it. Okay, <laughs> it's just very relevant and very topical. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, so, I mean, it's cool, right? I think. I think this is. We've established that this is a pretty dope yeah, concept.
1: It, yeah, it, it just. You know, it's one thing to be doing an activity that you're really interested in but just being able to find the state of flow i think is really
0: it's addictive
1: yeah it can be it can be
0: again another theme of the movie flow i mean the movie soul <laughs> was, was was getting addicted to flow yeah it's not necessarily all the spice yeah. of life but it does add a lot of spice yeah, but
1: addictive in a good way
0: yeah i mean in a good way as long as you're not getting completely focused on that as your only goal sorry i'm i'm definitely this is not a spoiler but like this is definitely at the core of the movie soul. oh gosh but, All right, you know, we can
1: we can change subjects then.
0: Yeah, but I mean, I think it's a it's always a beneficial experience. And I think when people describe passion for something, you know, mm-hmm. passion in a very visceral sense is pleasant, right? Yes. You enjoy the exactly. experience and it's, you know, a positive force in your life. And I think this is one of those things that you can produce passion out of different yeah. things. And,
1: and this is also how you can identify passion, I feel like, because I feel like often people have trouble pinpointing what they're really passionate about right And i think if you can really get lost in a moment
0: like with something with something yeah
1: get into the state of flow i feel like that's a really good sign that it's something you're you're yeah, passionate because
0: isn't that the essence of life oh boy okay got too deep um <laughs> well okay so i guess the question remains right so okay this is awesome you sold me on the concept now what do i do
1: yeah, so how
0: How do you get into How flow? do
1: you get into flow? And guess who's going to give us some uh some ways we can get into flow? Who? Who? Who do you th- Who do My you My
0: mom, I don't know. No,
1: well, probably not. No, um High Cheek sent me. No. Of course. Of course. And his in no uh, his research has been pointed has a couple He has a very
0: ways. comprehensive portfolio.
1: Yeah, I highly recommend if you're, you know, more interested in learning about flow, he came out with a book. Uh he also did a TED talk. Um definitely recommend looking into it. Yeah. Um It's great. But yeah, you want to start walking us through. Yeah, so how, yeah. how can we get into flow?
0: Per my guy, Mihai, cheeks on Mihai. Yes, I'm just impressed. I memorized the pronunciation. Yeah, okay. Um, so, okay. So the number one point here is to focus on the body. Interesting. Which is very interesting. Um, I mean, we discussed a bunch of different activities that give us the feeling of flow. Not all of them are bodily, but a lot of them are sports,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, dancing dancing is a big one. Yeah. I know a lot of dancers and that's something that definitely gives them that feeling of flow, but it's about building skills. So when it comes to those kinds of activities, you really want to make sure you're practicing body movements and Mm -hmm. making sure you have all of that stuff down. You want to get the basics down movement wise and really get into it. You know, be in the moment with your body, be of and in your body at the same time.
1: I definitely feel that as I wouldn't consider myself an athlete, but as one who enjoys playing a sports. recreational
0: sportsman. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yes, a recreational sportsman indeed. indeed. Um, but no, I, I, I really, I agree with that because I think when you're learning to play a sport like volleyball, I, I play, I played high, uh, high school volleyball, which I really enjoyed. But when you're learning to play the sport, you're, you're not very likely to, you know, get into the state of flow when you're absorbing all this information and trying to convert what you're learning into your actions and and such. Right. But once you can get into a game and you know what you're doing, like you know what you're doing, it's like, all right, well, I got all the physical movements down. Right. Like I understand what I got to do here. That's when you can really get into the state of flow because you don't need to be thinking about like, okay, should I move into this position? Or, okay, do I need to, is is the setter going to be setting me the ball for me to spike? No, that's all natural. Once you get that.
0: Skill level. Yeah, exactly. And you've once you have, your skill level enough. Yeah,
1: once you have that understanding of your body and you've practiced and that's kind of what allows you to, Reach that state of flow.
0: Yeah, I mean, I experienced this. I used to play lacrosse, which is really just a—it's just—it's really a footnote in my life <laughs> at this point because I was not very good at it. But would you
1: consider yourself a recreational sportswoman?
0: No. Yeah, no, really, I, w- I would I not um, Yeah, I was <laughs> not that good, but I liked it. And one of the things that they tell you to do in lacrosse when you're learning out, when you're starting out, because it's a new, like you play basically, it's like you play with a stick that has a net at the end, and you're just kind of catching and throwing and whatnot um and it, it plays like soccer which is interesting the field and the whole yes. is soccer but like the thing they tell you to do is go find a wall and just continue to throw the ball with your stick at the wall and catch it yeah just learn how, learning how to catch and throw which is like the basic yeah building block of lacrosse is yeah. like girl if you cannot catch a pass you should learn how to do that
1: yeah because it's you hard know? to get like wrapped in the game when all you're focused on is
0: can pass. i catch how yeah. do I yeah. catch where yeah. do i put the yeah exactly yeah. So I can relate to that, but I am not a athlete or sportswoman of any kind so <laughs> it is it is about the body though it is about yeah. you know making sure your movements are prime yes and but then yeah yes. it's
1: also Ooh. about the mind
0: Ooh, right yeah. and that's the
1: second one right the second the second bullet point from Mihai cheek sent Mihai is focus your mind yeah and I think that it's really important too and I actually think these two go in tandem they right? do yes. it's about Getting your body in tune with your mind and your actions, merging your actions and with awareness. your awareness, yeah. Right, like yeah. we talked about earlier. Uh, and I think meditation is a really good way no, to, it's great. To, to get that down, mm. right? Yeah,
0: so and, and, you know, meditation, we were talking about this the other day. Meditation does not always have to look like the guided meditations you find online. Mm-hmm. Um, like I mentioned with music, for me, music is a very... Immersive experience. I'm not really thinking about other things. I mean, I, I kind of, I'm kind of reverse engineering it because I kind of feel the flow experience with music, and then I use that to get calm. Yeah. Um. But guided meditations are really great for starting out. But if you have music that really calms you down, like a playlist you really like that you can vibe out yeah. to, that also can help with like getting your mind in a calm place. Another thing to look up is something called hem sync or hemi sync. Um, I learned about this recently. It's okay. um, basically they send you sound waves at a, I think they're dissonant sound waves or something like that between your left and right ears, um, and what they're doing is they're trying to put together the, they're trying to coordinate the the brain waves on your right and left hemispheres um, in synchronicity. And so that actually kind of helps you get into the zone. I tried it personally. I can't, I don't have the evidence in front of me right now, but like personally, I've tried it and I think it's really helpful for me. It just kind of puts you in a different place as far as focus, awareness, and concentration. Um, and so I found that that helps. A lot of people listen to like different kinds of, you know, waves at like different Hertz's and that helps and has um, helped me. So maybe you can check that out. Um, being Hindu, chanting Om, I was telling about this the other day, yeah. but when you chant Om, it, there's actually like a sonic quality to it. It's not yeah. just religious. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if folks are interested in that at all, but like you can always look up just the chanting of Om on repeat mm-hmm. in the same note.
1: Yeah. Um, that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, but I, I'm very much I'm, a guided I'm, guy. Yeah, I'm more into the guided meditation because I think it's fascinating to. To think about, you know, usually the guided meditations they start with, okay, focus on your breathing. And then they start talking about uh this sort of idea of metacognition, being able to like f- look at your thoughts and focus on your yeah. think about your thoughts. Yeah. Right. Um, but one, one thing I think is interesting about meditation that kind of ties into uh flow is honestly like, you know, what's the first thing they tell you to do when you meditate? Focus on your breathing, right? Right, your breathing. Could you argue that we are eternally in a state of flow in terms of breathing?
0: No. Why not? Because breathing is a, it's, it's, not, a, it's not an active practice. You're not actively focusing on your breathing. It's also not an active action.
1: Sure. But I, I, I guess I was just bringing it up in the sense that we, well, maybe not for all of us, but for most of us, we breathe all the time and we don't even have to think about it. Right? So well, So like,
0: because you're not thinking about it though. Yeah, It's not because you have, I think it's a different thing.
1: Okay.
0: Even subconscious thought is an active thing, but breathing and things like digestion. Yeah. Those are, <laughs> I mean, those are linked to a different part of your nervous system, which is the one, I don't know I which one so. it is. Is it sympathetic or I don't know whatever it is, but the, the part of your nervous system that is in charge of that stuff, it, it there's no active thought required. There's no oh. processing in your, all right. Yeah. It's just like a, it's just like a primal function.
1: Oh, okay. I Um, just thought that it like trying to think about like getting into the flow of an activity, like you want to just like, you don't really think about breathing, but it happens. You don't really want to think about the mechanics of the activity you're doing because you want it to just kind of happen. But I feel like what
0: you're saying is relevant though, because like you want the experience of flow to feel like what we feel breathing. like when we're breathing. Yes, right? that, that's sort of what oh, I was okay, getting. Okay, at. okay, okay, yeah. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You want you want that kind of thing where it's just like, hmm, I wonder if like you can't even you're not thinking about the process itself. It just happens. Yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. No, that makes sense. Um, so whatever helps, you know, speak your own language as far as focusing your mind, I think is like sure. the best way I can yeah. put it because some people respond to some things and some people respond to others. Yeah. Um finding what works best for you. Matt uses 10% happier, right?
1: Yeah, I think I, I don't remember if I mentioned it on the last episode, but uh, a proud and happy user of 10% yes. happier. Yeah, I really like 10% happier for I think they provide really cool guided meditations that uh have helped me a lot.
0: Yeah, and um I would recommend trying looking up what hem or hemisync is hemispheric yeah. synchronization. Um you can look it up on YouTube, they have a lot of free sound bites but Mm -hmm. anyways um the third thing they say is to leverage your memory which is i think also relatable in a sports context okay so basically it's reflecting on your previous successes and making sure that that's an active practice you do the thing i think about is when i used to play lacrosse and again you can laugh if you want the word play is definitely in quotations when i used to play lacrosse um my coach we would always have uh, meetings after every game where he would we would replay the tape together of what just happened the day before. Oh, okay. And then we would talk about different plays like, okay, well, you moved this way on the field. Maybe you should have done it the other way. You passed to her, but she was open. Um, and reflecting yeah. on what you've already done, which I think makes a lot of sense. Um, Wait,
1: so I guess is it just to learn from that and to continue to hone in your skills or what, what, what do you think?
0: Yeah. Because you're basically reliving the experience in your brain over and over again. Gotcha. Right. And oh, okay. You know, and, and when you're processing that actively from a distance, you yeah. eventually learn. it's a skill development thing, I think, because yeah. then eventually once you've reflected on the same thing multiple times, it becomes second nature. Gotcha. And now when you're playing it, you apply it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, a lot of this stuff is basically just like heightening either your skill level or the challenge level of the things you're attempting. Right. Yeah.
1: Um, Makes sense. Uh, yeah. The, I guess moving on the next one focus on your thoughts, which I feel like we kind of already talked about with focus your mind, right? like deep thinking, meta analysis. Uh, So, uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, but I I think that there is like a distinction to be made here because we talked a little bit about melding your action and your awareness of things in the moment of flow. I think setting aside time separately to deep think, Uh, meta analyze, that uh helps you kind of do the same thing like leveraging your memory you know, when you, when you have moments and you set aside time to just think about things, that's Mm -hmm. really helpful for me. I mean, it always, it happens to be like right before I go to bed because my brain is so active, but deep thinking, analyzing the things that happened that day and stuff like that, it's just, it's not even something I do actively. It's just a passive thing, but like a daily ritual, it really helps you kind of put your thoughts in perspective and, and attack the next day with a little bit more awareness. But I wouldn't just do that. I mean, maybe you think about, you know, a particular activity or something mm-hmm. um that you want to produce flow with. It's probably helpful. And then the mm-hmm. next thing is communicate. And I put right 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 in like <laughs> all yeah. caps. Um I'm a writer. That's my mode of communication. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um communicating about your skills or about different things, it's kind of just like conversing. Think I think of it as like when you're learning a new language, conversing with a native speaker. Sure to improve your, okay. improve your understanding of something. Teaching is another great way, so that's why mm-hmm. I drew the connection with teaching and yeah. flow.
1: and the guy from Soul.
0: And the guy from Soul, right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, when you communicate things appropriately, um, you learn a lot about your awareness of the topic too. Sure. When yeah, I taught creative sense. writing, I felt like I had a better grasp of the concepts when I explained them because hearing myself explaining it to someone else, it was kind of like explaining it to myself. Mm-hmm. Is that too deep? I don't know. but
1: No, no, I, I definitely think there's a did lot of value to gain from learning. Did I from teaching, focus
0: rather. on my thoughts too much? Oh God. Maybe. No, I'm kidding. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, yeah, and I guess the next one uh, that is mentioned by Cheek Sent Me High is to this idea of focusing on lifelong learning.
0: Yeah, which and is, asking
1: questions more often.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think I realized the importance of this when I graduated college. Um, so which is obviously it's not the end of the road for education, formal education, but like, you know, that's it.
1: You can't learn anymore. No, no.
0: (laughs) I think for me, and I think there are folks that have this as a personality, like learning is a vital component of life. Like I gain joy out of learning new things. That is not how everyone else operates. Mm -hmm. Um, but there are some things where, I mean, I feel like when you have a passion or you have something you're really into it is like that. Like learning about that particular thing yeah. is something that you—it's mm-hmm. vital, yeah. important, very important to you. Yeah. Like and when Matt gets a game and you read the instruction manual from mm-hmm. front to
1: back. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. No. That—that's. I definitely think, and it's interesting because we were talking about the balance between challenge and skills, and uh th- obviously to reach this con to this area of flow, there needs to be a balance. Yeah. But that isn't to say like you can't do an activity until you've reached this skill level because a lot of activities you can, you know, start off on a more beginner level
0: and,
1: and continue to, as you continue to build your skills, you can find opportunities to build the challenge. Yeah. Right. So it's like, if you're, I don't know, crocheting something and you do something simple first and then you're like, okay, I'm getting the hang of this and then do something more complex. Right. Or if you're skiing, I like skiing too. You know, you start on the green circle and that could be a big challenge for you. And you could get really into the green circle and you continue to learn and build your skills. And then as you get better, then you can go to more advanced, you can go to the black diamond.
0: That's just, I feel like that's also an innate thing. Innately. We just, you know, if you're just doing the green circles all day and you've done it for like 20, you're not going to do green circles only for 20 years. Like once you've mastered it, you want to move on to something else. I feel like it's human nature. Sure. I don't know.
1: Yeah, no, yeah, it is. Because we, d- we don't want to really be static, right? Yeah,
0: right. And so that's another thing to note about the graph. Like, you know, your ideal top skill level is always going to change. Yeah. On an objective level, mm-hmm. right? You just want to make sure that relative to your abilities, you're doing you know as much as you can, and you're finding something that challenges you at yeah. the time, which could change. Um, and then the last thing that she sent me high notes is to focus on the job at hand
1: which I feel like is much easier said than done.
0: So hard for me, at least. Yeah. Especially Um, when
1: you're, you know, doing your nine to five, Yeah. not during COVID, but sitting at your desk in the office, right? you know, and just like plugging away. uh, Like you were talking about plugging away numbers in the Excel spreadsheet or, you know, we're in Silicon Valley, so maybe some coding is involved. Maybe
0: not for me, but yeah, yeah.
1: but like, you know, it it can kind of be hard to, focus right like completely on your task but that is what will get you into this state of flow
0: yeah and i honestly think that you can use the other steps to kind of make the last one happen mm-hmm. for me i think mindfulness helps a lot yeah being mindful and trying to stay in the moment allows you to focus on the job at hand yeah um leveraging your memory and building your skill level in a certain thing, you know, it allows you to kind of focus more on like what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can conceptualize it and then take active steps to kind of attack problems. Yeah. Um, that's how I think of it.
1: Yeah. A- and I think, you know, what's interesting is especially in the workplace, but in other, in other settings, part of your, uh, the reason why you may not be able to get into the state of flow is because you haven't even realized that the challenge is there because Mm -hmm. you're not focusing on the, on the task. But once you focus more on the task, you can sort of recognize like, oh, okay. So this is the challenge that I'm dealing with. And once you focus more on it, you can, you know, get more engaged. Like maybe, maybe you are just plugging away numbers into an Excel spreadsheet, but maybe when you focus on it more, it's like, oh, okay. But if I learn these new functions, like then, then, and and that's how you can kind of get more engaged in your task.
0: Right, right. No, I I think that makes sense. Um, but yeah, I mean there's like a wealth, I mean there's a wealth of information available from my man, your man, everyone's man.
1: And now he's everyone's man.
0: Everyone's man. Mihai cheeks at Mihai. Um and this is really cool. I think positive psychology is also like a really awesome field to learn more about. Um it's kind of like learning how to game your own life for improved productivity and happiness. Yeah.
1: It's better than negative psychology, I would say. Yes. I don't even know. Is if that that's even a field? Yeah, I, I don't know. Okay. I, it's probably important to understand the negative sides of psychology sure. as well. But they but, can
0: include that in just normal psychology. I think. Yeah, maybe.
1: But yeah, yeah no, no, I think this is, you know, this is why I brought it up. I feel like there's a lot of interesting insights. Uh, and, and I think the big takeaway from this episode is, you know, try to find these activities that you can find flow in, whether it be in a leisure space or in your workplace, um, I think it's really important to identify those opportunities to reach flow and they may be doing activities that you've been doing already and you haven't even realized that they could become yeah. this for you. And
0: that's like a big thing too. It's like, I think there's a lot of pressure in our society today that you need to find a passion and you need to pursue this passion and you need to like do something with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are a lot of activities that you can find flow in. Not all of them are going to be like monetizable and not all of them are going to be your career. Um, some people find flow in activities that do not end up making them money. Um, mm-hmm. But that doesn't make it any less valuable. Wait, and so I are you
1: saying that I can't become a professional athlete with my with my ability to find flow in sports, playing sports?
0: Thank you for tuning in, everyone. Hey, <laughs> hey. Yeah,
1: no, that's, uh, that's fair.
0: No, I'm kidding. Fun. But I mean, you know, I think that that's, you know, something. just take a little bit of pressure off of that concept, right? For sure. Because there are so many things you can find flow in. I'm not going to be a professional crocheter, but I do find that it gives me a lot of centering and a lot of centering experience. And hopefully when you, on your path to finding flow, you can incorporate some of these other healthy practices into your life. I think it's a good way to just harmonize things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. And also watch soul and Ted Lasso because both of those things can be conducive to your experience (laughs) of flow.
1: I get, yeah, we, yeah, we've enjoyed them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's kind of, you know,
0: yeah, I think, um, you can check out any of the resources that we just mentioned here. Um, we will post them up with the episode, I think,
1: Sounds um, good
0: to me. any links. And we also have a couple of studies from various sources, but mostly my man, mm-hmm. Mihaly Mihai Yeah, of
1: course. Just look them up on Google. I'm sure you'll find plenty. Yeah.
0: And we will provide you with the spelling. Yes. yes
1: that, that, that is very necessary.
0: Yeah. Yes. Um, but you know, just stay positive about these things and don't feel discouraged if you'd find that something that you thought was your passion, maybe doesn't give you flow. Chase the feeling, you know?
1: Yeah. Sounds and good to me. Make it a part Chase of your life. Chase the feeling, bruh.
0: Chase the feeling, bruh.
1: Yeah. Who are we Cal Cali surfer dudes now?
0: Yeah. I'm from orange County. Of course.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shred bruh. the Nar
0: Shred the nar, bro. Yeah.
1: yeah. Can't you tell I'm from New Jersey? Um,
0: yeah. Well, <laughs> mm, anyways, I think that's it for this episode.
1: Yeah. Um, I am really excited for the next episode. Should we give a little sneak peek? Oh,
0: I'll sneak peek. I
1: think our plan was to talk about uh, making a home a home.
0: Yeah, because we currently have a home, and we only recently decided to start making it a yeah. home.
1: Actually, I should, I should rephrase that. Making a house a home. You're
0: right. We do not have a house. We have a post-grad classic apartment living situation. Yes. But I think we are beginning to make it a home. Yes. I'm passionate I think, about this. Yeah,
1: and I'm very passionate about that distinction as well. Just being able to you know, find ways to yeah, create that feeling of home, which I think we've realized recently contributes a lot to, to wellness.
0: Oh my God. Yes. If you have a house, if you have any kind of living situation, yes. this will be very helpful if you are looking for ways to not be as depressed in your abode. Yes. Because that is what happened to us. Yes.
1: But we don't want to give away too much. Yeah. Uh,
0: Watch the next episode. I think it should be up right now with our lunch. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So um,
0: you can find us on Instagram at, at Wellspring Pod. You can find us on TikTok at, at Wellspring Podcast. Mm-hmm. And um, am I missing something? Anchor. We're on Anchor. Yes. You're probably listening to us through Anchor. Yes. But follow us so that you can find more of our episodes. Um, we're also on YouTube. So. Find us wherever airwaves live.
1: Sounds good. Yeah, and uh, thanks for tuning in, guys.
0: Yeah, thank you. We hope you'll be back for the third episode.
1: Sounds good. Oh. Have a wonderful day.
0: You too. Okay. All right. Hey, you, oh,
1: okay. You I'll have a wonderful like, day.
0: Yeah, you sound like a you sound like those grocery cart bags. But okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Have I, a nice I, day. I can be a grocery. I can be a grocery store bag. Have a wonderful day.
0: All right. Have a good one, you guys. <laughs> thanks for tuning in.